Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. My friends, it is Matty Kewum, and this is episode 19 of The Game Plan. Welcome to the NFL wildcard weekend. The playoffs are here, and for me personally, that is where I can sit back and relax. Because, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but DFS just does not get me as stressed out as my season-long leagues, and those are behind me, so I am very excited to kick back, relax, and watch some foosball this weekend. Today, I will not be taking you fine folks bargain bin shopping, but I will be going over some big picture lessons that I learned, and I'll go over some personal tips to navigate the offseason for all fantasy managers out there. So even though we aren't game planning for this week, Let's start game planning for the next chapter of the fantasy season. The offseason, folks. Let's get it. Might be a shorter episode today because we're not going bargain and shopping. We're not really going to cover any of the injuries, anything like that. This is about lessons learned. This is about some tips in the offseason, how you can apply what we learned to future decision-making, future game planning. So like I said, there are no injury updates needed for this epi. If you want to get some DFS advice, we got a number of great shows. We got some of the prop casts if you want to do some prop bets. So go check out some of the other great shows on the Player Profiler Network. So let's just dive right on into the lessons that I learned in the crazy 2022 season. First things first, this is all through preseason throughout. You got to apply na- the narratives to all players in a given situation. Uh, for example, last year, I was stoked about Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds signed a pretty decent deal to play for Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins. Uh, He was their running back one, uh, and I was excited about that. McDaniel had a great run scheme, you know, coming from San Francisco. It was a high-powered offense, so I was hoping that the running back would absolutely benefit from the passing attack. But what did I do? I drafted a whole lot of Chase Edmonds and basically none uh, got zero shares of Raheem Mostert. So that was just kind of silly. Mostert ended up being an absolute great fantasy asset this season where Chase Edmonds was catching touchdowns, rushing for touchdowns early on, but faded super, super quickly where Mostert went on to be a top 30 running back option. He scored over 10 points a game uh, and almost rushed for a thousand yards. So when you see a narrative, when you hear a narrative, when you're applying that to your draft, whether it's or your roster that you're currently uh, holding in Dynasty, sometimes it's best to take that narrative and apply it to everyone in that situation. So if you're excited about a, a breakout wide receiver because a QB upgrade came in the offseason, well, take that and apply it to other guys in the lineup. So, for instance, 
let's let's just try to project here. Derek Carr. Derek Carr ends up signing with the New York Football Jets. Okay. All of a sudden, uh, we're all going to be super excited for Garrett Wilson through the moon. We're going to be very very excited for Garrett Wilson, obviously. But in drafts, you know, or in dynasty, in acquiring these players or holding these players or being excited about these players, use that narrative, take that narrative, and apply it to Elijah Moore. Uh, because he too could face that bump up. And yeah, even though we might value Wilson more because he's a better player, make sure you get some shares uh, of Elijah Moore. And that could be applied to if a vet quarterback goes to Washington. Although reports coming out today, and you could see, you've seen these reports if you're following player profile on TikTok uh, on Twitter, Sam Howell's QB1 next year. So if you're a big fan of Sam Howell, and you boost Terry McLaurin. Well, you, you probably should take that narrative and boost Jahan Dotson. So that was the first lesson that I learned because it was a tough lesson. It, it, it led me down a lot of paths where I had a lot of meat, uh, uh, Chase Edmonds and not a whole lot of Raheem Mostert. Uh, so make sure that if you're hearing a narrative, you're, you're believing, especially if you're believing in a narrative, apply it to all the guys in that situation. So if it's one running back, apply it to the backup. If it's a receiver, apply it to the other receiver because at the end of the day, even though the narrative may be correct, we did get excited for a particular reason, it may end up manifesting a little bit more in one player over another, and we're not always right, so kind of want to hedge your bets here. So uh, apply narratives to all players in a given situation. That is lesson number one. Lesson number two is even in one QB formats, draft a QB that can run later in your draft. So these five lessons learned are from seasonal formats. Uh, you can apply them in Dynasty when you see fit, of course. Uh, I play Dynasty as well, but this is more for the seasonal approach. Yeah, so basically, even in your one QB formats, and me personally, I am not one to come out of a draft with multiple quarterbacks in a one QB format. It's just, I don't tend to do that. Uh, it, it's just not something I get uh, particularly excited about. Um, but after this year, I think that is a strategy that I will absolutely be using in 2023, that I will be taking a QB that can run late in the draft. So three guys come to mind from 2022. Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, and Marcus Mariota. Fields was drafted as QB 18, Daniel Jones QB 26, and Marcus Mariota QB 32. But they all have pretty good rushing floors, and they used those legs this year. And Justin Fields finished as QB5, Daniel Jones as QB10, and Marcus Mariota did finish as QB17 on a points-per-game basis. Uh, he was probably not someone you were going to rely on in one QB, but if you had him and needed him during a bye week or an injury occurred or uh, you were kind of going late and, and just seeing who had the hot hand you were drafting late, you know, Mariota ended up being a guy where, he was a really decent player because of those legs. They gave him a lot of red zone carries. They they let him run the ball a lot on a per-game basis. And, yeah, he ended up being benched because he wasn't the guy, which, I mean, obviously, <laughs> duh, <laughs> he wasn't the guy. It's okay. But Daniel Jones, um, you know, there was some people touting him early in the season, you know, on the Mind to Mansion podcast with Matt Kelly. He had a guest on that was really, really excited. The name is escaping right now. I'm sorry. But shout out to you for sure. Uh Daniel Jones can rush the football well. He can he can move. He's a he's a pretty mobile quarterback, uh, even dating back to his days at Duke. Top ten finish on a points per game basis. So going into next season, I will be drafting a QB late um, that can run. And a guy like Fields, that was a, that was something I think we all kind of overlooked that his legs because he didn't really run all crazy at Ohio State and he didn't go bonkos in his first year with the 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 the, the I was trying to say Lions, but I meant Bears. Obviously, uh, 
yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do. And I have a way to we can apply that later when I get into the tips. So stick around for that. We'll, we'll dive more into the mobile QB and how we're going to tackle that in our upcoming drafts. The next lesson I learned is I cannot and you should not ignore older running backs. And I put older in quotes because I'm 35. These dudes are all you know seven years younger than me. They're all way younger than me, but older in terms of fantasy football, in terms of the NFL. And I'm not going to ignore them any longer. So out of the top 20 running backs, and we're measuring these guys on a points-per-game basis, the average age, age was just over 26 years old, which did kind of pop uh, when, I, when I looked at the data, when I looked at it. The oldest running back in that top 20 was 29. That's Derrick Henry. Obviously, he had a fantastic season. Uh, and it turns out that more running backs were older than the mean than under. So 11 of the top 20 running backs on a points-per-game basis was older than the 26.1. So all of these running backs were discounting. All these guys were saying they're too old, they're over the hill, they're done, leave them for dead. Turns out the dudes can still play a little football. Now, going forward, how can we apply this? Uh, you know, we still got to proceed with caution because now these older guys are a year older than that. But as we see, you know, the up and coming class, you know, the younger guys that are getting at age 25, 26, 27, don't necessarily sell off the top. You know, you don't have to just get rid of them. Don't just ignore them. Don't just absolutely just throw them in the trash and not believe in them because the dudes can still scoop when they get a little bit older. Like I said, out of the top 20 running backs on a points per game basis, 11 of them were older than 26 years old. So don't discount them, especially in your seasonal drafts or even your startups and you're looking to win now. The next lesson that I learned was going wide receiver early was the best team building strategy. Um, I believe in getting, I like to call them getting my dragons early on, my wide receivers, my big time scores. I do like to go early with those guys. And, but it was uh, interesting to see exactly how that played out in 2022. So out of the top 24, again, using a points per game basis, the average ADP was 40.8. Okay, so uh, in of those 24 teams, 13, they were picked inside the top 40 selections, obviously 11 being outside. Uh, and 16 were picked inside the top 50 selections eight being outside and one of those that was outside of the top 50 was chris godwin his average adp was 50.2 so it's kind of right there on the fence right so i'm tacking wide receivers early next year uh, again in the tip section uh, i'll kind of dive into that just a little bit more so stick around for that but noticing this year was it was quite glaring that the the best wide receivers were pretty much taken early uh it's it proved to be a pretty good strategy now if you combine the last two lessons learned you could attack wide receiver early and then grab one of these older running backs as they started to slide into rounds two and three and really start to build a really good base, a formidable team that could just you know blast through the season. And turns out that's exactly how you could have done it. You know, be okay with drafting older running backs as they started to slide and then attacking those receivers early. Uh, because, yeah, of the top 24, uh, 16 of the top 24 was taken before pick 50. And I'm actually going to – it's my show. I can do what I want, baby. I'm making it 17 because the 50.2, whatever. It's below 50. It's not, but I can do what I want. So the last but not least lesson that I learned, so five lessons from the 2022 season, is late QB or late round QB isn't dead. But it is on life support. And I'm not talking about J.J. Zacharyson. 
hope he lives forever. JJ is a national treasure, one of the best in the industry, and somebody, quite frankly, I would love to get a beer with one day because he seems like that cool of a dude. So this is not about JJ Zacharyson. This is about the drafting strategy. This is about getting QBs late. And I'm not. it's not dead because you can get guys later who can help you win fantasy leagues. Uh, but it's it's trending in the, the opposite direction. Uh, so this is basically in a one QB format because in two QB Superflex quarterbacks, their values are crazy inflated. They shift way, 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 way up to the top of the draft for good obvious reasons, right? Two QB or Superflex year. You're using multiple quarterbacks. You're drafting a handful in a given season. So this is for one QB formats. Out of the top 12 quarterbacks on a points-per-game basis, I uh, use 12 because 12-team leagues, typically you're seeing – 12 to 15 quarterbacks off the board on draft day. But here at the top 12, the average ADP was 101. So you had to take a quarterback in the first top 100 picks uh, if you wanted a top 12 guy. But six of those went higher than average and six went lower. So it was really cut in between. And as you look at the top 12 list, even if you look at the top 20 list, it's pretty segregated in the middle. Uh, It pretty much cuts off right there in terms of the higher drafted quarterbacks scoring the best and the lower drafted quarterbacks scoring this, that next tier. Um, so let's dive kind of into that a little bit more. So if you shift the focus from top 12 to top five, the average ADP is 66.9 noise and all in the top five, except for Justin Fields was actually inside of the top 75. And if you look at the top three, so let's shrink our sample size even more so all three of those guys were taking inside of the top 55 picks. Okay, so that's Hurts, Allen, and Mahomes. Those guys, you need to get them within the top 50 first 55 picks on the board. But like I said, right, I, I teased it a, a minute ago here. You don't need to get a top 12 guy early. You need the top of the top. You need to, to use your early round draft picks to get the studs. But... If you're if you're okay, if you want to build a really strong team and your quarterback can kind of be in that eight to twelve range, well then you probably continue to use the late round drafting quarterback method. So, out of the eight to twelve range quarterbacks in a points per game basis, the average ADP was one fifty four. So it comes down nearly fifty picks in just those guys. So the studs do go early, but if you're okay with the Tua Tagovailoa's, the Daniel Joneses, the Kirk Cousins of the fantasy world, the Trevor Lawrence's of the fantasy world, then that's exactly what you can do. You can wait until later rounds. Um, some names that come to mind, it's obviously going to be in 2023, so we're projecting what we know now, but it's going forward. A guy like you know Deshaun Watson might be in that 154 range. Kirk Cousins will perennially be out there. But we'll see You know Daniel Jones kind of shift a little bit upwards. We might see Dak Prescott come a little bit back, Tom Brady come a little bit further back. So you can go with the less exciting options late after pick 150. And still have a good team. But if you want the studs, you want the guys that you can rely on week in, week out, the Hurts, the Allens, the Mahomes, uh, those guys you need to attack within the top 50 or so picks. And I'm okay with both. So, like I said, the top uh, or the late round drafting QB, the late round QB draft strategy isn't dead. But I would say it is on life support because a lot of teams you're seeing win championships had the top dogs. You know, you you saw a lot of Mahomes' go late. You saw a lot of um, Josh Allen not Jalen Hurts late because he was hurt. Uh, that's funny. Hurts was hurt. But anyway, uh, yeah, those those top guys, you you 
you, if you want to have a truly, truly elite quarterback, you got to take him early. And if you're okay building, you know, a base around receivers, running backs, and tight ends, uh, go ahead and and you wait if you'd like. But I, I pivoting to 2023, I'm looking to take a guy quite early. Um, over this over the grouping, you'll see the ADP data as the summer goes and as the the off season continues forward. We'll get more and more data. We'll see more drafts happen, all that good stuff. So I, I'll get some good data. I usually like to take. You know, not the Allens, the Mahomeses that go even higher than their ADP typically shows in most, you know, casual leagues. But they, they get that next year. Like I had a lot of hurts this year. Next year, I'm projecting I'll have a lot of Lamar Jackson because he could fall out of this that top top grouping. So that's just a little bit of here and a little bit of later that we'll obviously talk about more uh, as the offseason goes on. But uh, a bonus takeaway which I don't really have much data. It's just kind of off the top of the head is the tight end strategy is just a cluster. It's just an absolute shit show. It's just we can't necessarily get put our fingers on it because Kelsey was an absolute outlier this year. He was a, a completely dominant force in fantasy, possibly the most valuable asset to roster in 2022. But going forward, you're going to have to use probably a top 10 pick to get him. And then I don't know if he's going to be able to return that value as an early first round pick because in 2021, where he was still at the, Q, the tight end two, it wasn't the the for total value. It wasn't the he didn't return everything you needed from that draft spot. Now you still could win with that, obviously, but you know. And then th- this year it was it was Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews still finished as tight end. I think it was four overall tight end, three on a points per game basis. But at twelve points a game, it just wasn't that oomph, that power punch that you needed from a guy that you took in the second round. I had a ton of shares of Mark Andrews because he kept falling to me in the second round. At the time, I thought it was good value. Proved that it wasn't so much. Had I focused on on another receiver, had I tried to get you know the guys that were the the that was in that tier, they would have put a whole lot more points on the board for me on a week by week basis. So yeah, the tight end is just a cluster. It's just. Find your favorite in the middle rounds and just pick them. And then, you know, if you got to stream three weeks in, three, stream three weeks in. Because even going into next year, I'm not picking Kyle Pitts early. That That's fine. I, I, again, was all over Kyle Pitts early this year, and it just burned me every which way that I, that I rostered him. So th- I'm just, I'm just going to wait. If Kelsey falls to me in round two, which he won't, but if he does, that will be a point where I will take tight end early. Other than that, I'm waiting. I'm going to look for the Dallas G's. I'm going to look for the TJ Hawkinson's. I'm going to look for the Pat Fryermuth's in that middle range of of drafts. So that's 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 my bonus take for you. So those are my takes from we from from a wacky and well, be honest, a wonderful 2022 season. So uh, applying narratives to multiple players in the same situation, so you don't get burned. Kind of being too biased to one over the other. Even in one QB formats, I'm going to be taking a running a mobile quarterback later in the draft. I will not be ignoring the older receivers uh, because in 2022 they proved to be pretty good uh, still, even though uh, you know they were older than 26. Most of them were. And I will continue to go early at wide receiver uh, as my team building strategy. It's something I typically do, but now the data is again in 2022 really proves that out. So again, I'll probably stick there and late round QB, although it's not dead, it is on life support. So I will not feel as yucky taking a quarterback earlier than later. Uh, That's been again, a strategy of mine going QB late, but now my one QB seasonal drafts, Give me a QB early, especially in shallow shallow leagues. I'm absolutely attacking one of those QBs because you can you can backfill your 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 flex spot. You can backload your draft picks late, and then some of them will pop up to be consistent starters. So give me that QB early, and then like I said, bonus tight end. I don't really have any numbers back. It's just always a shit show, and this year was no different. So 
Let's pivot now to take some of those ideas, some of those narratives, some of those lessons learned and how we can use them. And also here are some tips for navigating the offseason as you project forward. So this is kind of a blend in terms of dynasty, seasonal. There's some tips for draft season that we'll kind of get more into detail later on in the offseason. But I want to get it started now. Get us on the right foot. Get us get our North Star as the hecticness of the offseason continues. So this one here is for our dynasty leaguers. Uh, and I cannot recommend this more enough. Um, I really focused on this in 2021 to 2022. So going into last year, I really tried to focus on this so I could kind of see it and really uh, have a better confidence in this tip. Uh, but I suggest that anyone who plays Dynasty use rookie evaluations and rookie ranks that come out now, you know, come out early in the draft process as your North star throughout the entire process. Um, because the fantasy football industrial complex, you know, the, the machine that churns out all the fantasy content is also draft season. It's NFL stuff where the, you know, it's, it, it, it covers all those bases. There's a lot of it and you will see sleepers become people's locks. You will see people's locks become their busts. And, as you're going through, it can get hectic. And all of a sudden, like this year, for instance, um, throughout the entire – this time last year, Kenneth Walker was the no-doubt 102 in one QB leagues. Like it wasn't even – it wasn't close. He was the undoubtedly uh, the, uh, the number 102 everywhere. I shouldn't say 102. I should say the running back too. Uh, the 102 is kind of up for, you know, teams – if you're a need receiver. But that, that, whatever. I kind of got off the rails there. Uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, Damian Pierce started looking better. You look in the senior bowl. The combine came out. All the running backs were crazy fast. And then as the things, everything started churning, you know, in my personal home league, we saw, I saw Damian Pierce go ahead of Kenneth Walker. I saw Traylon Burks go ahead of Damian, of Kenneth Walker. So had I stuck to the process, this process now, had I used this tip last year, because I had the 102, I traded it. Because I didn't know where to go. Had I just stuck to my gun, stuck to what was right, Kenneth Walker did not do anything in the process to warrant him falling. It was just narrative spinning that he couldn't catch the football, that he was in a bad landing spot, that Seattle took him early and wasn't going to use him because they took Rashad Penny in the first round and then went to Chris Carson. They still had Penny on the field. And then we all know Penny gets hurt, and he gets hurt. All of a sudden, Kenneth Walker is a superstar, and now trying to trade for him in Dynasty is a damn near impossible task. Right? So... Had I just kept that as my North Star, had I always ping-ponged all the additional information that came out in the offseason and kind of ran it through the filter of everyone's early evaluations and ranks, I would have come, come out with Kenneth Walker, and I'd be a lot happier now than what ended up happening. So, you know, if you start doing your due diligence now, so you don't have to listen necessarily to people, but if you have your guys, like Cody Carpentier, I mean, if you're a fan of player profiler, you're going to follow Cody's analysis for rookies because he's just one of the best in the damn business. So as his takes develop and as his evaluations get more and more and more and he is, is seeing more, I'm always going to run it through his filter of what he's saying now. And then I'll make decisions. Of course, opinions change. Players show they're faster at the combine. You know, they, they go to a great landing spot. Things do change. I'm not saying what you're, what you believe now should be what you believe later, but always run it that, through that filter of what is going on now as kind of see, oh, maybe there's a little bit of fuckery afoot. Okay. Maybe somebody's bust that I just saw on Twitter isn't really a bust. He's just kind of has has draft fatigue you know all that kind of stuff so do your due diligence listen to the people that you trust most in their evaluations and always run you know the evaluations that come out in the combine come out after draft day in july when 
camp rolls, run all that stuff through your filters of now, and then you can make your final decision. So that's my tip for you dynasty leaguers out there. This next tip is kind of ping-ponging off of a lesson that was learned in 2022, and it's really more for your uh, your draft season, not so much your dynasty offseason, but the draft season that will be happening, uh, whether it be now or later. Um, so uh, I say draft, and in all formats, quarterbacks who can scurry. So earlier I said the takeaway was always taking uh, a QB late that can run. Well, some of those names I'm going to talk about now. So Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett has a 75th percentile 40 time. He had three rushing touchdowns, and he had the 11th most red zone carries in only 13 games played. He will probably be a late-round QB and somebody that I will kind of see in the vein, not so much as a Daniel Jones, um, but definitely as someone who's sneaky in the running game, uh, somebody that can get you that there. Actually, Kenny Pickett is faster than Daniel Jones. So if Daniel Jones can – can uh do it then Kenny Pickett can too. Oh, Cody's in the chat. What up, Cody? Oh, he's talking about Vince Wilfork on the wall. I'll tell you about how that ended up on the wall at the end of the show. So stick around if you want to hear that. The next QB that I will be targeting later in the drafts to kind of be my backup is Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson could find his way, his ADP could soar as the offseason goes because he is Deshaun Watson and he does have some good weapons if the news looks like, oh, man, he's really looking in the offseason. He's super determined that ADP can climb, kind of throwing this out the window. But if it doesn't, I'm still going to target him because he had six carries a game in the games after he returned uh, this season. And he had 20-plus rushing yards in all six of the games that he played with the Cleveland Browns. That two points, that little extra little cherry on top, that's the type of thing that you need if you find yourself in QB hell. You took a guy early, but he's hurt. Now you can rely on a guy like that can run, and yeah, he might not have the ceiling, but he could provide a great floor to keep you in the battle, keep you in the hunt in the regular season, and then you're just a trade away from getting your team over the top. So that's like that is the reason why I will be targeting Deshaun Watson late. Tyler Huntley is certainly a guy that I could see myself targeting late in next year if Lamar Jackson leaves via trade or free agency, however it happens. Uh, that will definitely be someone that Huntley will be someone I would target in that regard. Uh, he had six games with 40 or more rushing yards out of the 10 that he started over the last two seasons. So it didn't really come. He didn't he didn't run a whole lot in 2022, but in 2021, he did. In all five games that he started, he had, I think it was over 50 yards even uh, rushing. But even so, at the six of 10, so 60% of his game started, he could run for 40 or more yards. So I'd like that floor. And if he's getting starts every day, I mean, every week, all of a sudden, Huntley could be someone that I could absolutely turn to in, in dire straits in 2023. And the last guy is Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance is a complete wild card in this, in this exercise, in this conversation, because he may not be available late. Uh, who knows exactly what that situation will play out. Maybe he gets traded and he soars up because he's the undoubted number one pick. Maybe uh, he stays in San Francisco and there's a QB battle between him and Brock Purdy. And that could see his ADP sink. Either way, whatever the situation, however it hashes out, if he is one of those later round guys, I will be taking him where I can. Um, there's really not a whole lot of data to go off of in terms of what he's done as a rusher in the NFL because, quite frankly, my man has just not played a whole lot of NFL football. Um, but 
He did, he did run a 4.6940. That's 81st percentile. Uh, he ran a 4.6440 at his pro day, which is about accurate. So, you know, he's he's way above average in terms of his uh, athleticism, his ability to run. And he has had 30 or more rushing yards in four of the five games started. So I think that if he gets chances to play, whether it's in San Fran or otherwise, he's a guy that can use on his legs. He's a guy you, we could all easily see being the Justin Fields of 2023. Now, Will he be vying for Michael Vick's single-season record at quarterback? Probably not. Will he post 170 yards in one game? Probably not. But I'm just saying that guy that could be taken in, you know, around pick 120 or later that has a whole bunch of rushing yards, uh, regardless of his passing ability. I mean, even look at Justin Fields this year. His passing metrics were pretty putrid. But the, the dude could run, and he was a great fantasy asset. So for those same reasons, I'm absolutely targeting Trey Lance if he's available in my later drafts. This next tip, again, is for the seasonal drafters, uh, something to think about in the offseason. Uh, so basically, if you are in the community and you follow uh, Play a Profile or anyone else, you're getting the buzz that a lot of drafters next year will use Hero RB or Zero RB. Um, the data suggests this year that it was the better way to draft. We talked about that a little while ago. So I think a lot of the draft strategy that will be dominated by zero or hero RB, uh, obviously in one quarterback formats, two QBs is or superflex is different. QBs soar right up the ranks, and you got to take those guys in the first round. And because of that, it's going to push up wide receivers a lot and even tight end a little bit. I think it'll pu- it'll boost guys up just a tad. Um, and we talked about the, the shit show that is tight end. So uh, I'm not gonna be necessarily attacking that position but obviously you see a crazy run happen earlier than expected you gotta you gotta ride the wave right um but what i would suggest here the tip is start taking notices uh notice of mocks or high stakes leagues or leagues that draft early uh for example the scott fishbowl drafts really really early uh follow those leagues even if your league waits till around uh you know it's right before the season in september right around labor day uh Still take notice because you'll start seeing these pockets of value. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, it does seem like everyone's going hero RB. Everyone is going zero RB, which pushes all those guys up. So now I have to strategize that way and maybe even pivot a little bit and take a a, a running back, sprinkle that in somewhere to, to stay with what you should do and stay ahead of the league. You know, sometimes it is good to zig when others are zagging, uh, but just start taking notice of that. Keep that in the back of your head. Start making notes because as your draft becomes uh, gets closer, and or you're you're in some of these high stakes leagues, um, you'll have an idea, you'll have a thought, you'll have some sort of backing to kind of get the ball rolling and get going. You won't be hitting it so cold. So t- take notice of that, make note of that, and, and kind of uh, use that as you're building your strategy for next year. And this next one is for your dynasty leaguers. This is for my dynasty managers out there. Take advantage of ageism at the wide receiver position in dynasty. Take advantage of it. Everyone now, whether you're a contender, pretender, you are thinking about the future because you're literally thinking about 2023. Well, I mean, we're in 2023, but the 2023 season. So everyone is literally looking at the future. People are going to let that eke into how they're team building. No doubt. They're going to look to acquire younger receivers. They're going to look to acquire younger players, even if they're contender, and use that to take advantage of it. Use the ageism that we see in Dynasty and grab yourself some older wide receivers now when their prices are low, and they'll probably get lower as more rookie receivers are influx into the league. And all of a sudden, you know, for example, Amari Cooper is now sharing the field with. Uh, DPJ and someone they took in the third round. 
that's fine. Buy, buy, buy into those wide receivers and take advantage of ages. So the average age of the top 20 wide receivers in 2022 using a point per game basis was 27. Okay, four wide receivers were 30 years old or older and 10 wide receivers. That's 50 percent of the top 20 were 28 or older. And when you're talking off-season dynasty, 28 is 58. And because of that ageism, take advantage. Get some of those guys. I mean, in the top five for just receiving leaders this year, we saw Stephon Diggs. We saw Devontae Adams. And we saw one other, Tyreek Hill. All those guys are 28 to 30 years old. Obviously, your Justin Jeffersons, uh, your AJ Green, AJ Browns, those dudes are studs. Those are They're young. They're the top of the league. Those guys are the most impossible to get in Dynasty. But your those other guys that are creeping up 28, 29, 30, those guys can be had at a discount now because everyone wants to get younger. And you can get those, and all of a sudden, boom, you have – if you were sitting in this seat, this literal seat that I'm in, first of all, you'd be in my house, so we'd probably have a couple beers and hang out watching football. But if you were in the seat last year and you went out and got a, uh, Amari Cooper on the low-low, you got Tyler Lockett on the low-low, low-low-low, you would have had two guys that are in the top 20 for wide receiver and been laughing about it because what you would have given up is not nearly as much as what they produce for your team. So take advantage of ageism in fantasy, especially in dynasty, at the wide receiver position. And I believe me, you will absolutely be laughing all the way to the bank in the 2023 season. The last tip that I have here today, and this is for everyone, this is for your dynasty leaguers. This is for your seasonal. This is for your best ballers. This is for everyone. Take into consideration the exact opposite of what you think will happen. Now, that sounds crazy. If, I, if you're doing all this homework, you're doing all this due diligence, you're putting all these things together, and you're, you're, putting, you're building your takes, you're building your thought process, why would you go against it? Mm, well, you know, I think it's, it's a way to hedge your bets. So this might be for more volume drafters where they can kind of just grab a dude in a draft after they've grabbed his teammate three times or whatever the, the thing is, but it's still a good process for all drafters. So, you know, for example, I believed that Russell Wilson was going to chef it up in, in Denver. I thought he was going to cook. I thought Russ Wilson was going to cook. So I grabbed him where I could. I grabbed Cortland Sutton where I could. I grabbed uh, Jerry Judy in some spots. I grabbed guys all over the place that – pause. You can't say that on, t- on your show. You can't say you grab guys all over the place. You can't do that. Kiwi, uh, you're crazy. I drafted players all over the place from the Denver Broncos because I thought Russ Wilson was going to chef it up. But had I just said to myself, what if he doesn't? What if he, in fact, does not chef it up? Maybe I would have grabbed, uh, I don't know, Tyler Lockett later over uh, Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton. And I would have been a lot better off for it. So even though you don't want to do it, you don't want to make it that you're, that be your only strategy in terms of the offseason, in the draft season. But definitely, in some instances, I think it's good to use the exact opposite. Another uh, potential... This is looking back to 2022. Another reason, another spot where this would help me is I believe that Seattle wide receivers would not be able to produce at a high level with Geno Smith or remember Drew Locke. Those were the options. I did not believe that the wide receivers were going to ball out. And guess what? They both were, you know, absolutely week in, week out starters. They were both top 24 options. They're both guys that you wanted in dynasty seasonal. Didn't matter. You wanted those players. So had I just sat there and thought to myself, what if Geno just chugs? What if, you know, they put in Drew Locke and my man plays YOLO ball up and down the gridiron? 
Should I get myself some Tyler Lockett, who was going after pick 120, I believe, last year? Yeah, I should have. I really, really should have. Should I have traded for him? Yeah, I really, really should have. So in the last thing, uh, the last way I think this could have worked was everyone thinks that Patriots never, never, never use a bell cow. Well, in 2022, they did. Ramondre was absolutely their bell cow. He got such a high opportunity share in that backfield. Damian Harris, the rookies, none of them mattered. It was Ramondre, Ramondre, Ramondre all year long. So those are just three examples of how you can take your thought processes, you can take your narratives, you can take all the things you built, and if you just put it on its head, you just turn it upside down, you could truly benefit from that. And uh, it sounds crazy to kind of consider the opposite of what you wanted to happen and what you think is going to happen, especially if you're putting in the work, but still there are ways in which that can absolutely benefit you. So. Those are my tips. Let's go over them real quick. Use rookie evaluations or ranks that come out now as your North Star. Run them through that filter throughout the process. Draft in all formats quarterbacks who can scurry, especially late. Like we talked about, that was a great uh, takeaway from 2022. In zero RB or zero or hero RB strategies, um, just start game planning for it. Just start using earlier drafted leagues to see what this is going to look like and help you game plan as you get closer to your draft. Take advantage of ageism at the wide receiver position in Dynasty and also take into consideration the exact opposite of what you believe will happen. And I think it'll help you uh, really just kind of solidify your your strong thoughts, your takes here, everything that you did. So uh, that's going to wrap up both of those segments. Not a whole lot left. I told you it'd probably be a shorter episode today, but before we get into the homework, yeah, I know it's the offseason, but your ass is still getting homework. I want to talk to you about sleeper. Okay. Oh, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the two championships that I brought in this year, they were both on sleeper. I had two leagues on ESPN and I lost both of them because ESPN's for the birds. Sleeper is where it's at for not only your seasonal leagues, your dynasty leagues, your your best ball formats. Everything that is fantasy football should be played on sleeper because sleeper is easy to use. It's clean. It's the it's just simply the best. If my buddies, myself, I'm a I'm a bozo. If I could use it, you can too. And they also are unveiling more and more player props over unders. And guess what? You can do those player props on the guys you know best, the guys you rostered all damn season. And if you want to do that, you can use the promo code Underworld. Tune in for a reason, right? You get those sweet promo codes. Use that promo code Underworld and get a deposit match up to $100, ladies and gents. You can get a deposit match up to $100 that you can use in their player prop games just using the promo code Underworld. So make sure you get to Sleeper for all your draft purposes, all of your leagues, get them on Sleeper, and then use that promo code Underworld to get a deposit match up to 100 buckaroos. Let's get into the homework assignment really quick. What I would like you guys to do, you listeners here, take advantage of the people who don't tune into the game plan. And I want you to send out trade offers for players that stink in the wild card round. Okay. The example being, let's just say DK Metcalf gets shut down or Justin Herbert looks bad. Those could present opportunities to get these players at a discount because everyone has recency bias. Recency bias is it's rampant in fantasy football. Everyone kind of makes their decisions off of what they are seeing right now. And if they're seeing DK Metcalf get shut down, which would be three weeks in a row, if they're seeing a guy who had a bad season in terms of his fantasy expectations and Justin Herbert have a bad playoff game, the person who rostered him in Dynasty all of a sudden be like, you know what? They weren't even available. Now they are. And you can use those small opportunities to take advantage and get maybe players at a little bit of a discount. So my final thought from episode 19 is in that same vein. And if you, the fantasy manager listening, has that dog in you, 
be ready to take advantage of dips in value. Even if they are short-lived, those dips may only occur quickly. Take advantage, put in the work, because like I mentioned in the homework assignment a minute ago, if you send those offers for players who underperform in the playoffs, you may be surprised at what their value is in that moment. Every single game is like a primetime matchup in the playoffs, and managers can absolutely overreact. Everyone has eyes on every single game. There's only one game on at a time. They're all basically primetime. I don't care if it's four on a Saturday or one on a Sunday. It's still a primetime game in which the entire football world is watching that one game, and managers will overreact. And guess what? Don't be ashamed of using the shotgun approach. Don't be ashamed of using the old shotgun approach and just send out a bunch. And maybe you hit, you still hit your target, and the target rate might be low, but you still may hit it. Use that spread. This is a Bill Burr joke. Use a spread. If you Bill Burr fans out there, you'll know what I'm talking about. Use a spread. Use a shotgun. You put in the work. You would be surprised on what you can what what can happen if you put in the work throughout those trade offers throughout the playoffs and the guys who sneak buy into those slate dips and get guys that, that even even if they're not a discount but just players that weren't available guys that you've probably been chasing all year and that that team builds like mess off I'm not trading them he might become available you might be able to sit down at the negotiation table and sometimes just getting your foot in the door is all you need if, you, if you're good at trade negotiations, all that good stuff. So that's my final thought. But before I give my before I say bye, I want to talk about this here. If you're listening on the podcast, I am pointing at a Vince Wilfork signed jersey that is behind me in my office now. I actually won that jersey at uh, participating in the, the, the BDGE, the Big Dog's Gonna Eat, Big Dog Bash. Uh, so shout out to Nick, Animal, Tony, all those guys over in New York doing their thing. Uh, they had their NFT project slash fantasy league this year, and that was a ton of fun to be a part of. I actually had a pretty good team in that thing. I'd love to do it again next year. Uh, but they, what they would do is they would kind of run these random uh, matchups of the week. And uh, I happened to be part of it. I was completely oblivious to it. I hadn't checked it for like the only time that I did not check those reveals. I was actually the one who won. I, I was in that matchup. And it was during a week where I was devastated by buys. And I still came out on top. And then so, you know, Animal reached out and he was like, what's your favorite team? And I had this conundrum because I was like, oh, I would love a signed jersey from one of my fantasy favorites. You know, my I love DJ Moore. I love CD Lamb, Amari Cooper. I love Justin Herbert. If I could get one of those guys' jerseys signed, ooh, ooh, I mean, it'd be great. And then I thought, eh, but what if I say the Panthers and I get Chuba Hubbard? What if I say the Browns and I get Miles Garrett? And those guys are cool, but they're, they're, it would have it wouldn't have served me straight. So I said, my favorite team is the New England Patriots, and boom, this is what I got an awesome Vince Wolfwork signed jersey. So now it is behind me. It is not displayed properly. I will get that taken care of. But you know, you just I was so excited to get it up on the wall. I just threw it up there right there. So I just want to talk about that jersey because it's new to the backdrop. If you've been tuning in all week or all season. Um, yeah, so basically, that's a jersey, and that is a wrap on episode 19. If you like what I do here at The Game Plan, you will absolutely love all of the content that comes from the Player Profiler staff. So subscribe to our YouTube channel if you are not already. Hit that like button on this very video to show your boy some love. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at MattyKewum. Make sure you follow both. There are two Player Profilers on TikTok, one is at player profile, the other is profile underscore NFL. Follow both of them. The content is coming out 
every single day there. You definitely want to be a part of that to get some fantasy football goodness. And if you love fantasy football and you're playing all year round and playing some dynasty or you're not, but you still love hearing about trades, check out my other show, Trade Gods, with my man, my brother, my co-host, Jason Allwine. We go live every Thursday night. And if you can't make it for Thursday night, that's okay. No problem because the video is put right back on the Player Profile channel. The one you're tuning in right now, you can catch all those videos. And a little announcement, we are starting a Trade God Invitational. Uh, we call it the Trade God Invitational, but it's actually just tongue-in-cheek because it's a dynasty league. We'll only be inviting people once. But it's still the Trade God Invitational. So if you want to compete against Jason and myself, plus some other members of the underworld, just hit me up and we'll make sure you get in the league. Lastly, join the Player Profiler Discord right this second. It is your chance to talk fantasy football with all of the Player Profiler crew. All you got to do is go ahead and go to the player pages on playerprofiler.com. We got our Discord icon right there. Or use playerprofiler.com slash chat. Get in the Discord if you love fantasy football because you boys be talking fantasy football all day, every day. So thanks for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. I will talk to you guys soon. Peace.